Hi, this is David Flowers, Senior Pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to granthamchurch.org and clicking on the giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you're here this morning, either presently or joining us online, spoiler alert, you have a mother. Mothers are really, really important. And at each of our respective births, medical professionals, family, and friends all had something to say. Hopefully something congratulatory or meaningful. Hopefully not something overly trite or just plain unhelpful. By the way, in a moment, I'm going to invite you to actively participate and respond with some of those things. I'll get to that in a moment. For those of us who are mothers, parents, caregivers, whether of biological children or those characterized by adoption, and by the way, if you weren't here in early January, you might not know that my parents adopted me because they could not have children of their own. And that's a real struggle. Whatever your parental role might be, you also may have received well wishes of one kind or another as your parental journey began. Your turn. I'd like us to share together aloud some of the best or funniest things that you've heard set upon the birth or placement of a child with you as a parent. Perhaps there are things that even came out of your own mouth that you weren't expecting to say, and they just came out. And for those of you online, I will repeat this so that you can hear it. So go ahead, say aloud some of the best or funniest things you've ever heard said at the birth or placement of a child. What's that? Go to your room because you're bad. Interesting. What else? What do you mean it's twins? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Hashtag more than one. What else? The first 40 years of being a parent are the hardest. (laughs) Yippee! (laughs) Ah, after birthing a 10-pound baby, better you than me. What might have been some of the most unhelpful things? that you've heard said. Maybe that was one of them. 
Enjoy it, it goes fast. The birth or the thereafter? <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you, Kelly. What else? Unhelpful. Yeah, you won't be getting any sleep for the next three years. And those of us parents and caregivers know that's, that's just ridiculous because you don't get any sleep ever after that. How about, what an interesting looking child. <laughs> the psalmist David has this to say about each of us. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is the word of the Lord. This scripture took on new meaning for me one Sunday in October 1998. It's the 25th of October, to be exact. And what had been a relatively uneventful pregnancy for Heidi and I, and by the way, those of you who've ever had another creature in your body, isn't that a weird phrase, uneventful pregnancy? Anyway, suddenly that uneventful pregnancy became real in ways that we had not foreseen. It's one of those situations in life, and, and many of you can relate, when you're met with a real-life situation that takes you completely by surprise. So much so, you're not even sure it's real. But it only takes mere moments to recognize that, yes, this is very real. Our son, Sam the man, Sam the man, was born with two congenital heart defects and Down syndrome, none of which was evident before his birth, notwithstanding multiple ultrasounds and other routine pregnancy appointments. We were unprepared and in a certain kind of shock. I remembered these words from Psalm 139, but I was perplexed by them as Sam struggled to simply breathe and survive the first three hours of his life. Heidi and I heard a variety of things 
from friends and family the day Samuel was born. But one that I will never forget came from a very dear friend and mentor who said to me, you will learn to love him. You will learn to love him. I didn't readily understand these words that day, but our journey together with Sam has proved this to be the case. I'd like to suggest there's a connection here for us between the words said to me by a dear friend on the day of Sam's birth and the challenge that we all face in the church in how we think about and treat one another. And since I'm a worship ministries pastor and a professor of Christian worship, I'd like to remind us that one of the core principles of biblical worship and discipleship is that it should be hospitable, caring, and welcoming. What does that mean for worship and discipleship to be hospitable? Well, in worship, we pray for ourselves, for our community, our world, and then we're sent out for lives of service and witness. John Whitfleet puts it this way, worship stokes the gratitude in our hearts and it leads naturally to serving the needs of our broken world. So hospitality and belonging start here. In recent days at Grantham Church, hospitality has extended in worship and beyond in groups such as 180 Ministries, individuals and couples helping refugees with tasks of daily living, church-wide efforts to maintain the unity of the body through the bond of peace, that all amid the political polarization and strife that's all around us, and by showing love in tangible ways to our own people, to those in the community, and to those around the world. Our own Super Sam has benefited from the weekly hospitality of the Grantham Church. At the height of the pandemic, summer 2020, and until this present day, the supportive systems, structures, and even some people working with those who have developmental and physical disabilities has basically shut down and has not yet reemerged. Grantham Church has offered a place for Sam to work with his caregivers on a daily basis. <laughs> Sam can keep working on developing skills in reading and counting, identifying shapes and colors, work and volunteer tasks with Tim and Ed and others activities of daily living, and the list goes on. All of these ministries that I've mentioned, and many more that I haven't mentioned, 
that are very active here at Grantham Church are not simply ancillary characteristics of this church. They are or should be integral to the life of this particular body of Christ. God welcomes all strangers and friends. God's love is strong and it never ends. Heidi and I have three boys, Nathaniel, shout out to Nate, who's watching in Nashville somewhere. Peace to you. Don't forget to wish your mother a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and Daniel, if you're watching too, he has RA responsibilities over at the university today. And our own Sam, in recent years, is now known as a dual diagnosis, Down syndrome and full autism spectrum disorder. And for our family, the nature of life in and out of the church. It's a daily reality of joys and challenges, learning and growth, moments of comfort, and at other times, complete disorientation. We continue to learn how to best include and involve and help Sam to belong. Because hospitality doesn't come naturally to some of us. It doesn't to me. And Sam seems to continue to tolerate our misunderstandings. And he teaches us on an ongoing basis what it means to be fearfully and wonderfully made. Pastor David addressed inclusion in our most recent Lenten series, and I'd like to enhance that a bit. Inclusion and belonging is not, I hope you know this, the church bringing some larger cultural narrative into its doors in order to join the inclusivity generation. Rather, it is born in a biblical and theological understanding of how God has created us and how each of us bears great worth in God's sight. In John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, Jesus challenges the long-held Jewish belief that calamity or suffering or disability was the result of some great sin. As he went along, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. The Apostle Paul gives specific instructions to us, to the church, as to our approach in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. 
God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in Romans 12, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has given you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Scottish theologian John Swinton develops a distinction, though, between inclusion and belonging. He writes, inclusion is, not, is simply not enough. To include people in society is just to have them there. All we have to do is make the church accessible, have the right political structures, make sure people have a cup of tea or coffee at the end of the service or whatever. There's a big difference between inclusion and belonging. To belong, you have to be missed. And there's something really, really important about that. People need to long for you, to want you to be there. And when you're not there, they should go looking for you. God welcomes all, strangers and friends. God's love is strong and it never ends. Here's some pictures of Super Sam. Chillin'. Sam loves watching movies. He's a Pixar fan. He loves The Incredibles. I think he's seen it about 3,722 times. That's not an exaggeration. He loves the minions. He loves listening to music. From Mozart to samba to recently we discovered, Heidi discovered on a drive over to Hershey, bluegrass. So Tim, at any point during the week, just grip it and rip it. Sam knows how to put his clothes away. Thanks be to God. <laughs> he participates in fitness in the same plaza where Juice and Java is. There's our own Amber, Amber Fogelsanger, with Super Sam on Special Olympics. Sam helps me to mow, or I help him to mow, whatever, however you want to think about it. Later today, even on Mother's Day, Sam will enjoy his favorite meal, which is pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Sam very much dislikes loud, sharp, and distinct sounds. 
weed eaters, saws of any kind, plates, dishes, pots and, pa pots and pans clanging, even certain environments of Christian worship where the sound is deafening or too loud. Sam doesn't like children screaming or crying. And he most definitively does not like when his parents argue. This can be heard from the other room. Kid you not. We've discovered that Sam might be the most emotionally intuitive member of the family. And while his cognition is quite low, lower than average actually for a male with Down syndrome, Sam participates as he can in worship and as a member of this body of Christ. Several years ago, I was having lunch at Brothers Restaurant just down the street with our then interim senior pastor, Dr. John Yates. And at one point in our meal and conversation together, it's okay. I'm almost done. It's all right. It's <laughs> like, get on with it. Let's go. Come on. So over lunch, at one point in our meal and conversation together, John said to me, how can we better help Sam? As one who typically doesn't struggle to determine what to say, I was silent. Unfortunately, it wasn't a question that I had been asked by a church leader that often. I just wasn't sure what to say. So I pondered for a moment, and then something somewhat simple occurred to me. John, I said, first, thank you for asking. It really means a lot. You know, nearly every time we say the Lord's Prayer, which for us is weekly, you seem to rush through it. It's one of the few elements in worship that Sam remembers and can actively participate in as best he can. Would you consider slowing down? John thanked me for my candor. And as the legend goes, maybe it's a legend, maybe it's a myth. John and Amy, you can tell me later. I imagine John going home to Amy and asking her if he spoke the Lord's Prayer too quickly. And I think the story goes that she affirmed my thinking. And the following Sunday, John indicated to our congregation that he would be taking more time with the Lord's Prayer. And I'm thankful that he didn't say exactly why, because it wasn't just for Sam. And now, all these years later, with our newest senior pastor, David Flowers, we continue to pray this together at a more measured pace. So if you're tired of us saying it too slowly, get over it. 
and get into the nature of the prayer and what it means. You see, this story is not about inclusion. It's about Sam participating and all of us belonging. God welcomes all, strangers and friends. God's love is strong and it never ends. Dave and Paul, I'm sorry if I chose the wrong key. You'll have to get over that too. (laughs) What about you and our congregation? How can you and we help others to gain a sense of belonging? How can we move from just knowing that people are fearfully and wonderfully made to a journey of learning how to love, how to include, how to help others to belong? Speaking of unhelpful things to hear at the birth of a child, and Heidi and I heard some of those, two that I recall, we were told that we were more special now that we had a family member with a disability. Thank you. We heard that God was allowing Sam and us to suffer because of our steadfastness? It's a strange twist on, like, the theology of Job. I'll save you from the worst. Let's be honest here. We all have special needs. And personally, I've learned that as much as I might help Sam, as much as I might teach and nurture Sam, he's also been my teacher. You will learn to love him, my dear friend said. And she was right. What was complete disorientation and discomfort has just become a journey of learning how to love. For each of us, disorientation and discomfort with learning how to be hospitable, helping others belong, can simply be seen as a journey of learning how to love, the way that God parents and loves us. You know, in your bulletin, there's this page where you can write notes. Maybe you've been using it, I don't know. I want you to use it this morning to answer this question. And if you're watching online, you know, just grab a piece of paper or your phone, the notes on your phone. Who is it in our congregation? Who is it in your family? Who is it in the community, at your workplace, that you need 
to learn better how to love and make them feel as though they're a person who will belong. Perhaps it's a colleague in another area at your place of business or education. Maybe it's a neighbor or an estranged family member. Just write a note to yourself. This is a journey of learning how to love. In a few moments, we're gonna join in perhaps the greatest act of belonging in the Christian life. We're gonna share in the table of the Lord together. You see, God who fashioned us and demonstrates that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, offers Jesus the Son to atone for us, to reconcile us, and to show us what divine hospitality looks like and invites us to participate in this journey of belonging and learning how to love.